Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. And if it does add value, it would mean the world to us. If you would share with a friend or if you're on Apple to rate and review our show, it makes a big difference. There's a comment that I hear over and over and over again. I hear it on social media. I've heard it in clients. I've heard it in other people that that I just come in contact with. And they'll say something like this. They'll say, my spouse is on board, but they're not on board with the budgeting. They're in on the overall concept. They believe in what we're doing. We're on the same page on what we want to do, but they're not involved with the budget. They just defer that to me. This is such a common situation in families. It's kind of a win-lose situation. The fact that their spouse is on board with the big picture is a huge, huge win. And to that, I'd say, awesome. Nice work on that because a lot of people aren't. A lot of people aren't on the same page in terms of the values and the principles that they want to have in their, in their money, in their careers. And so if you are on the same page awesome. But it is a big loss if you're not budgeting together. And this is really common to have one person be a naturally gifted budgeter, or at least more gifted than the other. And then to have the other spouse say, well, they have it. They've got it taken care of. I'm good. I don't need to be involved. They're good. I trust them. But that's not good. That's not a good situation. Sure, it's good that we want to trust them. It's good that they're trustworthy and that you believe they can do it, but they deserve better than to be left on an island. And so here are some things that happen if you're not both involved in the budgeting. If your other spouse isn't involved in the budgeting, they have no true ownership of the budget. Now, they might have some ownership in the big picture, but in terms of the the ins and outs of the monthly finances, they don't have any ownership. It's not theirs. And if they don't have ownership, they have no real accountability. Because if it's not theirs after all, they don't have to listen to it. It, It's it's a mere suggestion. It's a recommendation. And that's where I see a lot of the slip-ups and the overspends and the negligence is when the the spouse isn't involved in the budgeting. So there's there's, there's no real accountability. The other thing that might happen and does often happen is that if the spouse isn't involved in the budgeting, their values often aren't represented in the monthly budget. And not to say like their like big core values aren't, but the things that matter to them, the things that are important to them, the things that bring them some, some, some joy, um, the things that move the needle emotionally for them, it might not be represented. For example, I have a, I have a, a, a client who it's hard, the one spouse doesn't want to be involved in the budgeting. And this one spouse really likes going out to eat, and they really like travel. Well, they're not involved in the budgeting, so guess what's not often in the budget? Dining out and travel, at least to a meaningful extent. And they're frustrated by this. They get angry by this. But what do they expect? They're not part of the budgeting. And so... If they're not part of the budgeting, often the things they care about aren't going to be in there because they're not representing 
when it comes time to do the budget. Another thing that will happen if, if both spouses aren't on board with the budget, aren't involved with the budget, is that you're not going to do as well. Because we do better as a team. We know this to be true. When we're both on the same page, fighting the same battles, we will do better. We just will. And so if you're not involved in the budget, you can't do as well as a team if you're half-checked out. The other thing, and I think this is the thing that's the scariest and the biggest risk, is that it can cause some emotional issues amongst couples. It can cause resentment. It can cause anger. It can cause distance. What the spouse that's not engaged in the budget, they may feel like they're being dictated to. They may, be, they may feel like they're being treated as a kid by a parent. Or worse, the other spouse could feel like they're having to be a parent. Or they feel all the weight of the budgeting responsibility because the other spouse isn't involved. And this causes some emotional turmoil in relationships. And at first, it's not big. It's not a big deal. It's small, these little things, and it ca- then it pops up in arguments, and, and then it starts to, to seed the foundation. And there's a toxicity that can brew underneath the surface, which will pop up in all sorts of different ways. You deserve better than that. And so those are all the reasons why it's bad for one spouse not to be involved with budgeting. Okay. Now that we've established both spouses need to be involved, how do we get the other spouse involved? If you are the spouse that does the budgeting, how are you able to get the other person on board? Because it is so important. And, And unfortunately, it's on you. It's on you to get them on board. Because they're not on board, they're probably not gonna listen to this. And even if they do, my feedback isn't going to get them on board. And so it's on you. And so I'm gonna give you some steps to get your spouse on board with budgeting. First thing we need to do, we need to set a time. We need to have a specific time on the calendar where both parties know we're talking about the budget. And so you might just need to schedule it for them and just schedule 30 minutes or an hour, whatever it needs to be, but schedule it. Put it on there, tell them there's an expectation that they're present. Number two, when we talk about budgets, we can't just make it about dollars and cents. After all, money is never about money. It's always about something bigger. And so when we're talking budgets and then all we talk about is the dollars and the cents and the ins and the outs, that's boring. That's boring. It should be about something much bigger than that. And that's one of the reasons my wife likes to do the budget is because it's not really about dollars and cents. She's allergic to numbers. She doesn't care about numbers, but she does enjoy budgeting. And she'll ask me, when can we do the budget every month? Because it's about something bigger. When we have our budget discussions, it's not about where the money's going. It's about our dreams. It's about our aspirations. It's talking about who do we get to give to? How much do we get to give? What trips might we want to take? What are some fun things we want to do with our kids? All of these fun pieces are part of our budget discussion. And so often we do talk about the dollars and cents, but that's not really what it's about. We spend most of our time talking about the bigger picture things. That makes budgeting so much better. And that's how Sarah, my wife, is on board because it's about something bigger. Number three, we need to make it fun. If the other spouse thinks that this is just going to be like the worst hour of their week, 
that's not going to get them on board. We need to make it enjoyable. We need to make it somewhat fun, as fun as you can. And I remember before we had kids, uh, my wife, she, she asked if we could go out on a date when we did our budget. And she said, you know, Travis, you know what would make this budget stuff better? If we had chips and salsa and a margarita. And so we did this for a while before kids. We did budget date night. We went out. We had some drinks. We had a dinner. And we just talked about this stuff. We made it more enjoyable. And that helped her be on. That helped her get involved. And so find ways to make it fun in some way. And, and you know your spouse, but help, help make it more enjoyable for them. Number four, don't overwhelm them. The last thing your spouse wants, if they're not even into this budgeting stuff, is for you to give them this binder full of a thousand numbers. They don't want, they don't want every receipt, every nuance in your finances. They want just enough to be able to help make the decision for the family. And so you need to know your spouse, know your audience. And I know my audience and my audience, uh, Sarah, she wants it visual and she wants it simple and she wants it clear. And so I'm going to deliver it that way. I'm going to deliver it simple and I'm going to deliver it clear. And that's just how I know she operates best. And so I'm going to present her with something that's so easy for her that she doesn't get frustrated or overwhelmed or confused. She's going to just look at it and say, okay, here, yep, yep, yep. What about this? So let's don't overwhelm them. Number five, we must value and actually use their feedback. If you have your spouse involved in budgeting and every time they say something, you tell them no, or you say, we're not going to do that, or that's not how it works. They're, they're going to check out. They're done. Like they don't, they already don't want to be here. So telling them no for everything, that's just a one-way ticket to being checked out. So let's not do that. So whenever my wife suggests something to me, I have to listen. And sometimes I don't agree with it. Believe it or not, I don't agree with my wife on a lot of things. And so Sarah will, will ask about something in the budget or she'll suggest something. And probably more than half the time, it's not my thing. I don't, I don't care or I disagree, but it matters. Her opinion matters. And so when something's important to her, we figure it out and we incorporate it into the budget. Which brings us to number six, we have to negotiate disagreements. And we disagree on all kinds of things with, with our budget, but we negotiate it. And so she'll say, Travis, I really want to do this. And then I'll say, okay, if we do that, where do we take it from? What's, where do we make that up? How do we fix that? And then we'll negotiate it. We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. And we'll, we'll always land. We always land on a solution, but we have to negotiate that. And the key for the negotiation is step seven, which is we agree on the final product. So we hash out. She has opinions and ideas. I may not agree with them. We negotiate them. We figure out how to make them work. And then when we get to the end, this is the most important part. We agree on it. And when we agree on it, that's it. She's on board. She has accountability and she has ownership because that was her budget. She helped me do that, and we ultimately negotiated and agreed upon a final product. And so that now, when we go live our month, there are no money disagreements. Sarah and I do not disagree about money during the month, ever. 
unless I mean, if there's an overspend or we, we totally screw up the budget maybe, but in terms of what are we going to spend money on, there, we've never had a disagreement because we've already decided before the month began. And so we, we go into the month with a plan, and that way when I say in the middle of the month, like let's say the 15th of the month, I'll say, hey, Sarah, I really want to do this thing. And she'll say, well, remember, it's not in the budget. And I was like, well, crap. Okay, let's talk about it next month. Or she'll do that, and, and we hold each other accountable to that because we already have a plan for this month. And so the, the world's not going to end if we have to delay this thing for a couple weeks. And so that's what we do. Because we have an agreed upon budget, and then we just follow it. And she has accountability. She has ownership. It, it involves her values. We made it fun. Her feedback is valued. All of these things. And so those are some steps to help you as you're trying to get your spouse on board with the budgeting process, because it is important. It does matter, and I want them involved. And I think what you'll find is if they're involved in the month to month, it changes everything. It makes it more enjoyable. You build unity as a couple, and you're doing this together. So I hope that helps, and I hope you can get them on board. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. Do you have questions? Do you have feedback? We love all of it. You can find us on Instagram at Meaning Over Money. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. You can find our YouTube channel. And of course, you can find our financial course for young adults where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And that's at meaningover.money. And as a podcast listener, if you buy a course from us, we don't want you to pay full price. We value you. We love that you're here in the podcast. You can get 25% off on any of our courses by using the promo code PODCAST25, PODCAST25. And for some of you, that might be a good next step. But for others, if, if the podcast is, is enjoyable for you and you're getting something out of it, we're so grateful you're here. And we hope it continues to add value to your journey. Take care, guys. 